Howdy and welcome to the Laptop Empires podcast. We're your hosts, Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. And today is part two of our mm. storytelling podcast series. You, If you listened to the first one, you wouldn't have known it was a two-parter because we didn't know it was a two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. Basically, we started to transition into kind of how to utilize that story and then realized we were already in a really long episode and it was going to get super long. So yay, two episodes. Yay. So this episode's actually called The Guide to Using Your Story to Win the Hearts and Minds of Your Audience. Man, so good. So good. Stuff. I know. Like, yeah. like we've studied copywriting or something. I know, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's really, it's a good description though, because that's the point of the story. And we talked about this a little bit last time, but it's about binding your audience to you, getting them to fall in love with you, to trust you, to relate to you, to identify with you, to be inspired by you, to be motivated by you. Like those are all the things that we're trying to achieve. So we're not just telling the story to tell the story. We're telling right. the story to achieve a purpose, which is, you know, to get people from that first phase of discovering you of awareness to engaging with you and becoming a follower and becoming a fan that way eventually they will convert they will become a buyer so that's what it's yeah. all about right in business you got to create buyers this is the way you do it so bobby like you're you're adamant about this like this is why i was excited when we recorded the first part because you you always tell people that they have to tie their story into every piece of content they do in some way so why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Why you think it's so important? Well, I think, you know, it is a way to get buyers, but I think probably at least more importantly for me, it's, it's a way to actually change people's lives. I feel like, because if you can get somebody hooked with your story and you can make me feel horrible, yeah. no, I know it might be about you like, getting buyers, but I'm about changing lives over here. Dude, I, no, no, no. I like making I'm, money. I'm too. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I know. I know. But like, I, it's, look, you can, I, I love making money, but it's, I think it's too, for me, like before I was making good money, like the, the cool thing for me was that I was able to like get these people, bring them into my story. And then I like getting the emails. Like I like getting the emails that are like, Hey Bobby, oh, you changed 100%. my life. That's like, 100%. you know, that that's, that's what makes this fun for me. And then the money part of it is what, you know, makes allows you to keep doing life. good. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it, it's part of it. And so I think if you approach it from that aspect first of like, you know, you're telling your story so that you can connect with somebody emotionally and then bring them in and then give them advice and they'll actually take it. Right. I think that that's something that a lot of influencers and bloggers don't do because I think they're just, it's not even the money part. They're just like, I'm going to give people advice and they're going to take it and, and do something. Whereas I think if you connect with your story and you relate to them and they trust you, uh, they're going to take that, that advice and they're actually going to go out and do it and then make a big change in their lives. So I think it's important yeah. like to weave all the stuff into everything you do. Well, let's think about this. 
as a blogger or a podcaster or a YouTuber, like us right now, we're sitting here up on our high horse telling people what to do by giving them unsolicited advice, right? Like nobody is going to take unsolicited advice unless they believe that you are an actual authority. And even if you are an influencer, even if you are up there and you've had a lot of success, you can't take it for granted. You have to win every single person over and over and over. And the way you do that is by them liking you and trusting you, right? That's, they have to know who you are. They have to like you. They have to trust you. So you've probably heard that a thousand times. Everybody talks about it. We're going to talk about it a thousand times, but that's what this is doing is it's building that trust. So that way, when you give advice, they heed it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, and then I think it also goes back. I mean, we're going to get into like the technical stuff that you need to do, but it goes back to like, why are you doing this in the first place? Like, why are you, if you want to be a blogger, if you want to be a podcaster, if you want to be, you know, a YouTuber, are you doing it for money? Because yeah, you can make great money doing this and that's, and it's incredible. Or are you doing it to actually make a difference in the world? And like, I know that sounds kind of sappy, but it's, but it's true. You can make a difference with these platforms. And I'll just tell you this. Like I have, I have a lot of blogger friends. Like I feel like from the outside looking in, if you are somebody that's like, I want to be a blogger or I want to be this because it looks like an incredible lifestyle. I have plenty of blogger friends that are completely burnt out. Like after seven years or six years of doing it, they're like, holy crap, I just want to be done. They could be making a crap load of money. They could have the laptop lifestyle. They can have all that stuff, but they just go like, oh, I'm tired of this because as humans, we just get tired of stuff. Like that's just what happens. Well, and because you end up, it's like, you know, I leave a career as an attorney where you're working nonstop to do something where I've worked more, (laughs) you know, yeah, like, you know, it's getting better, (laughs) but, but I did you, you, when you become an entrepreneur, like you're working for yourself, you're working all hours, there's no restriction. And if you want to be successful, you just keep going. You never stop because you never know how much is enough. And so, yeah. So people see, I think what, what we've done, so far this year and people like people tell me all the time that I'm crazy for working as much as I do. We were at FinCon and like people were just can't even tell you how many people are like, man, well, you're so crazy. Like you have all these projects and I'm like, yeah, I'm tired and I work a lot, but I feel good. Like I can keep going. Like I'm going to yeah. outlast all of you because I'm doing this to help people, not just to make money. And so at least that's the well, way. That and we know, and we know our limits. So yeah. FinCon came at a great time because it was the first time we were like, Oh, we're done. Like everything we want to do this year, it's done. And right. so we were able to go to FinCon and relax and hang out. And now when you're listening, when you're watching this episode or listening to this episode, it's October 29th, right? It's the end of October. But today when we're recording it is October 3rd, but we're yeah. recording. We've been doing all these recordings because I'm about to spend 10 days in France with my wife. Then you're going right. to spend 10 days in Italy with your wife. So we got yeah. all this done, but it's, we're basically taking October off completely. We're not awesome. really, really doing anything. And that's cool. But like, we recognize like we've been busting our asses since November of last year. Mm. And so now almost it's, we're taking <laughs> 12 month off <laughs> and yeah. we, we needed that. And our wives needed that. But, most people don't, you know, you don't recognize that. Like you have to take the time off. It's, it's like, if you're, if you're going to the gym, you don't work out every day, you work out and then you take a rest day and then you work out and you take a rest day. If you're going for a long period of dieting, you might diet for three months and then take two weeks off and then start up again. You have to give your body rest. And luckily we've, you and I always say like, we're going to work forever. 
it's because we like what we're doing yeah, because we're wired, we're wired a little differently. <laughs> and so yeah. we have a hard time unplugging, but, but you have, you have to. And so, and there's, who knows, maybe we're going to get seven years down the road and we're going to be burnt out. But you know, if that's the yeah. case, we want to build it up to a point where we can be burnt out and be okay. And some, yeah. some people are there. I don't think, I don't think we'll be burnt out because I think the way, because we do the story-based stuff and we do, we do care about the people and all that. So people are probably wondering like, how do I actually make the story thing work? Let's just talk about blog posts for a second. Yeah. This is something that I've done. That's not what everybody else does, but it's worked really well. So I think it's a good strategy. I think that in every blog post you write, and I don't care if it's a listicle, I don't care if it's, you know, a how-to guide. I don't care if it's just you telling, I don't know, people how to do something very simple. I think you should try to find some way to weave your story in but it doesn't have to be a very long piece of content about your story. It's not like you have to write paragraphs about your story. It just be a reference. Yeah. I like, you'll see if you go through most of my, most of my blog posts, either in the beginning or somewhere in the end or sometimes in the middle, I'll just sneak in like when I was paying off my $40,000 student loan debt. Like I'll just put one sentence in there, but I try to put that in every single piece of content because one, you don't know where people are going to come to your, your site. People come from all these different places, different keywords on Google or Facebook, or like people are coming to your, your site from all over the place. So you're not for sure that they're going to see your about page and that they're going to see your story. So you want to remind them or at least hint to them, you know, one, why you're an authority on the subject that you're talking about, or two, that you're relatable to them. And so that's something that I think anybody can do right now is anytime you're sitting down to write a piece of content, just find one place to plug your story. Just find a piece of like just a related piece of content where you can just sneak in something about yourself about your story. If you start with that, that's, I think that's the easiest way to get people kind of involved in your story. 100%. That is, I think it seems so simple, but I think it's one of the most powerful pieces of advice that I hear you share with other bloggers and other, other content creators, you know, and especially if you have a good about page, like your about page can be one of the most powerful pages on your site for a lot of things, for building that trust, for generating sales, like for a lot of things. So if you can constantly reference people back to that or to hyperlink it to other articles where you've gone more in depth in your story, those are opportunities for you to create that curiosity, mm-hmm. right? Because if you, if somebody's reading your article for the first time and then it says like, back when I paid off my 40,000 student loans in on a teacher's salary, somebody's going to go, well, I'm a teacher. Yeah. And then they're going to click on that. And that curiosity is going to move them to the next piece. And Curiosity is very, very powerful. Yeah, um, and story is very, very powerful. Here, here's what's funny. I This is something I just noticed. I think it's interesting that we're talking about this right now coming off of FinCon because mm-hmm. I'm seeing all of these people talking about story from FinCon. So I think that right. that was like a big thing there. Um, yeah. I saw people talking about it, asking about it in the community, in the Facebook group. Um, yeah. So I think this is well-timed, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. this is, this is a big thing. It's something you've done from day one, but it's something like people in my world are talking about all the time and uh, clearly in your world too. Yeah. Well, and I think the other benefit of this, you know, one, you can, yeah, you can link to your about page. If, when you reference your story, you can link to like a lot of times I'll just link to my blog post I did a long time ago about my student loans. And it has like right. the picture of the the student loan payoff record. That's pretty powerful, but it's not just that. I think the other thing that you can do with this kind of storytelling thing is you make your content stand out. When you go to Google or when you click on some Pinterest listicle or whatever, 
there's a good chance you're not going to remember that piece of content. But if you go to something and it feels like it's written by a real person and it feels like it's relatable, or you know, if it just has one little thing that catches your eye that draws you into a story, that's that's a way to stand out against all these other people that are just writing stuff that's kind of generic. And there's a lot of that. I feel I feel like there's right. a lot of generic content out there. So if you're looking for an easy way to stand out, just start doing this. Start telling your story and try to relate it to anything that you're writing about. I think if you start there, you're going to have a lot of success. But it, it also goes into other things too. It goes into email. Uh, it goes into the podcast. Like we tell stories in the podcast all yeah. the time. It goes into sales page. Like the sales page for Facebook Side Hustle is just a big story. <laughs> you know, like the whole yeah. thing is is our story it, of how we started doing that side hustle. It is. And if you go to the side hustle page, sales page, we'll we'll put it in the show notes. And I'll just say this because if people are going to look at it, if it ends up being something you want to buy, use the promo code wine because you'll save some money. You'll save like 40 yeah. bucks or something like that. But when you go through it, it's actually, it's really interesting because it has that big copy opening, you know, like yeah. just follow this simple step-by-step plan. But then it goes and it turns into a letter and it's written as if it's written as you talking to the audience and you're saying, Hey, you probably know me from my blog. This is what I did. You know, it starts to talk about you leaving your job to start the blog and everything. And then, okay, I didn't have any money. How am I going to eat? And then it right. goes into your story of starting, you know, that side hustle and how you built that up and how that helped you build your blog. And then it transitions to the story of us having that conversation of right. us, getting on the phone and me saying, Hey man, well, you know, I'll just kind of tell the story. Like it was the, you're talking, we're talking about something for another course you were doing. And you're like, man, I, I wish that I had a way to help people that are in a situation where they, they're making the minimum, they can't make the minimum payments on their student loans because they've budgeted all they can. They've saved all they can and they just don't make enough money and I can't help those people. And it kills me. And, you know, I just kind of made an offhand comment was like, dude, we just, talked about Facebook ads. Like, why don't you teach them what to do, how to do what we do, like make a course, teach them how to do what we do. And then when somebody's in that position, you can go, here's how I made money. You could do this too. And then you're like, okay. Like, (laughs) you know, I was like, all right, I'm never going to hear about this from Bobby again. I thought it was a good idea. And we get off the call and a couple weeks later, you hit me up and we're like, I can't stop thinking about it. I think it's a great idea. I want to do it. Will you do it with me? That story is in the sales page. We take them through basically from the beginning of your business to the beginning of us starting to work together. And then it even weaves in some of my story about being an attorney and leaving my job and staying home with my son and all that, you know, building up the agency. And people love that. Like that's, we get messages all the time about how much they love the sales page and love reading about our story and how inspiring it is. And that that's helpful because it's the same things we've talked about, the trust and all of that. Our mm-hmm. sales page is like 30 pages long and people read the whole thing. And it's not just features of the course. It's telling our story. It's talking about what you can achieve. It's talking about the benefits, the result that the people want. That That is powerful. Story sells more so than the features of your program. Nobody cares about the features. They care about the result. They care about the person that's offering the program. How many times have we had people say, I joined this because I felt like I could trust y'all and I could relate to y'all. Yeah. And there were other options, but this is the one that felt right. It's because yeah. of story. Yeah. And I think the, the interesting thing about story is that it kind of, yeah, stories inspire people, but I think it gives people a conduit to kind of imagine themselves doing the same thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So like when I talk about my story of student loan debt, like people are probably visualizing that, but like 
probably swapping themselves out instead of me, or, you know, at least like going, wow, what if I did this? And then thinking about how they can do it. So I feel, I feel like you're just kind of creating that deeper connection with somebody where it's like, they see themselves on the path. Now, I don't know if that's true. Like, I'm not like a scientist, a brain scientist. No, I think so. And, and when we wrote the page, even we're, we're painting that picture for them. So it's happening in the story. And then we're doing this whole thing of imagine what you could do with yeah. an extra one to $2,000 per month. Think and they see themselves it. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And we even talk about like, here's some things that you could do. You could pay down your student loans. You could pay off your home. You could save for retirement. You could save to go on a fancy vacation. Yeah. Right? Like you could go on dates with your spouse. Like there's, we talk about some of those big things that people have told us like, this is what I would do with the extra money. And it helps paint that picture. And that, yeah. that's your whole goal. And this is, especially in a sales page where you're trying to get somebody to pull out their card and take an action, you're painting that picture. But it's the same. It's in your content as well. It's in everything you do. You're trying to paint the picture of the result. That way, they want to follow you. That way, they become your fan. That way, they read your content. That way, they keep coming back. Like That's what this is all about is, is getting you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Google has put out statistics that over 70% of the people that come to your website will leave and never come back again. Right. Especially with SEO. I don't have a problem with SEO. We're putting a lot of attention into it. This is something that we, we've been hearing lately. Like people are like, why are you hate SEO? We don't hate SEO. We're putting a uh, lot of time and effort in the SEO now. And money too. Forward. Like, BTS. yeah, a lot more, <laughs> a lot more than we were because we think it's important. But when somebody comes in through SEO, they're searching for an answer. And once they get that answer, if you don't give them a reason to stay, they'll leave and never come back. And Google has verified this. More than 70% of the traffic from Google hits the page and never comes back to that page again because yeah. they're searching for something. So you need to have something to get them to stay. You need to have a compelling story. They have to like your writing style, your sense of humor, your personality, whatever it may be. They have to download your thing, your lead magnet, they have to become part of your email list. There's got to be something that keeps them coming back because if right. not, you're just doing the same work over and over and over again. And the people that do really well, whether it's a podcast, a YouTube channel, a blog, it's when they can start to build up those subscribers. It's when they can start to get people to come back because then it stacks, it builds on each other and you stop having to do the work. And even yeah. if only 30% are staying, if you can keep that 30% over and over, that number grows, right? And, and yeah. that's the whole goal. Well, and, and speaking of subscribers, like that's a perfect transition into, into email because this is something that, is, I mean, if you're on my email list, you've probably seen in the last year, there's been a big change before it was like, I was just doing the intro basically to like, your yeah, blog. the intro to my post and click here, you know, using like very simple curiosity, click here to read more. And it's not even really strong curiosity. And that's what a lot of bloggers do. But if you look, if you get on my email list now, you'll see that I'm, it's really like storytelling. And then I've got one call to action at the end. Like yesterday, yesterday's email back. was so good. I wrote good. a fire email yesterday. Like I've sent it out and I was like, yeah. oh, that's so good. But it was, so I'll just go through it real quick. And it, I, we talk about uh, email in episode 30. Uh, and we also talk about it in episode 10, I believe, uh, where we talk about like how to ways to improve your blog. And it, you should definitely get on our copywriter, Chris Orzakowski, his email list, the email copywriter.com. Yeah. The email copywriter.com Chris at the email copywriter.com. And we also talk about it in episode 28 when we talk about using email marketing to launch the course. Yeah. So, so we talk about a little email different, but you still, you still learn a lot about email. Yeah. But this is, this is kind of story-based 
email. These are my favorite emails to write. And they're the, I feel like they're the easiest because they're like a mini blog post. But yesterday was, I have a very simple question for you. And I said, it's about college. And I was trying, the whole goal of the email is to get people to a post that we did on, is, is a college degree worth it? But I started out the email with quick story for you this morning before I ask you the question, right? So there's curiosity in the, in the headline, but then I start with a story. And then I go into this thing uh, where I've just, you know, back when I was a high school band director, I was talking to my students. So it kind of like sets the stage. You can see me as a band director talking to the kids and I was talking to them about college and basically telling them how to save money or whatever I was telling them. But then I just kind of go through it. And then I start to kind of morph it into talking about my student loan debt and how I just, I was doing what I thought I was supposed to do. And then I go straight to, you know, go here to figure out what the question was kind of referencing the the headline. But the whole thing was a story and I just used the story and transitioned it into the call to action. So I, you know, you have a good headline, then you draw people in with the story and then you get them to click because they're curious and all of that stuff kind of works together. But I think storytelling an email, I mean, you're the, you're the email guy here. I mean, storytelling an email is like, it's huge. Email people. One of the reasons email marketing can be so effective is because it becomes entertainment. When yeah. people start looking forward to reading your emails, that's when your open rates start to go up. And a lot of people, it's just boring, it's dry, and people are just, they're even too lazy to unsubscribe. So they're getting your emails and they're just deleting them. Right. Um, And that's not what you want. You want them to look forward to your emails every day. One of the things I loved about your email yesterday, you never told them what the question was. Mm, You told them that there was a big question that you asked, but they had to click and go read the blog post to find out what the question was. But you posed another question inside of the email that was very interesting. And it was talking about how with your students, you started off, I can't remember what the initial one was, but then the bigger question became, why do you want to go to college in the first place? Right. And it was a very compelling question. And I remember when I was reading the email, I was thinking to myself, okay, if that's not the question that he's asking in the blog post, the question he asked in the blog post must be really good because the question of why do you want to go to college is a very interesting one because I don't, I don't know why I went to college. I don't either. <laughs> I, I went, you know, I went because I was told to go. I signed yeah. student loan paperwork because my parents told me that was what I had to do. And I had no idea what it meant. Same. I went to even A&M. I didn't visit A&M before I went there. I went there because of the core and because I was at the time planning to commission in the military. But the only school that I visited was Texas State. I went with my buddy, Zach, and our moms. And, we, you know, it's like 70% women. And I remember going, we're walking around campus and we're like, yeah, okay, I want to go to college. <laughs> like, you know, I remember that, but that was the only place we visited. So, you know, I'm a big A&M fan now, but I didn't know anything about it when I went there. Right. I didn't know what it was. I didn't realize how big it was. I didn't, I didn't know anything. I didn't even know why I was going. It was just like, this is what's next. And so, yeah, it was very, I was reading that and I was like, this is, it got me thinking. And so then I was like, I have to click. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. to find out what's next. Right. And that's, and that's what you want to do. You want, you want to like get them to open. You want them to be entertained yeah. and then you want to get them to click. But I will even say the engagement factor the getting them to enjoy the emails is more important than driving the click because oh, I agree. 
I always say like an email, you want to always have a call to action. You, you want to start training your readers to click, whether it's to go listen to a podcast or to read a blog post or to reply. Like you want to always instruct them to take an action with every email. But if they, even if they don't, that's okay. The first thing you want to do, we always work from the front to the back, right? The first thing we want to do is train them to open the emails. We have to give them a reason to keep opening the emails. And if you give enough people a reason to open the emails, then those really important calls to action are going to hit home, like when you're yeah. selling a product. So yeah, I think this is, this is really interesting. Another thing I would like to talk about, I don't even think this was on our list, is you should tell other people's stories. And oh, yeah. I think this is one in the freelance world that people really screw up. Freelancers are always talking about, I got this result. I did this. I did that. I got this testimonial from this person. But what you should really do as a freelancer and as a blogger is you should constantly be bragging about your clients, audience, your students, whoever it is. Because when you tell their stories, when you bring, you bring other people up, one, you're going to make those people feel great. But you're advertising yourself in the best possible way, which is by bringing other people up. So you talk about, my client did this and they did an incredible job. My audience member read this, this article and they've been hustling their face off for the last 18 months and they paid off $30,000 in student loan debt, yeah. whatever it may be. You want to share those stories. You want to highlight those people. One, like I, this is something like you do a better job of what I do. I talk very strategically. You know, we do our personality tests and I'm an ENTJ. So I'm very logical, very strategic. When I talk about this stuff, I don't talk about the feelings part. I talk mm -hmm. about the strategic part, right? Which is when you talk about other people and when you build them up and you share their stories, it will have a benefit to your business from a marketing perspective. But here's, but here's the other part that I don't always do as well with. And people might like listen to me talk and go like, God, he's always like talking about the strategy behind it. It feels really good. It feels yeah. great. And there is no better feeling in business than somebody who you work with or who's in your audience having success and you having a little part of that. And it's why we celebrate our students so much because we want, we want them to feel it too. We want, them yeah. to have that kind of that love they get from everybody else for accomplishing the thing they accomplished. We want to make it a big deal. So all of this stuff, there's the people side and there's the strategic side, but from a strategic standpoint, talking about your client wins, talking about your audience's wins is one of the best ways to market your business as a freelancer, right? Or to bind more people to you in your audience as a content creator. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's funny you say that because we just had somebody message us this morning. One of our students that said they were like, we have six clients. And that, you know, that kind of like yeah. made my day because it was like at six, I woke up at like 6.45 a.m. and saw that and I was like, oh, yes, because usually 6.45 a.m. sucks. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, and, and I think going back to the sharing other people's stories, I think as a blogger or any influencer, I think you should always try to find opportunities to share other bloggers' stories. I, I have guest posts, some of the yeah. best posts I have on the side not stuff that I wrote, it's stuff that other people wrote. And I think it, for me, I've always gone back to like, if you look at how Oprah became famous, like Oprah didn't become famous by telling her story over and over and over again. 
she brought on other people to her platform and she told their stories. So it's like the Oprah model is just sharing other people's successes and wins and failures and all that kind of stuff. And so it's proven. I mean, she's a very wealthy person for doing just that. And so I think you should try to take those elements and find really good stories to share on your blog. And there, I mean, there's benefit for everybody because it's gets them traffic. It gets you traffic. I mean, I was just talking, I shared one in the Facebook group that I did several years ago and it was a guy that at 25 years old, he had saved up a hundred thousand dollars in the post. I think is like seven rules I used to save a hundred thousand dollars by 25, something like that. I saw um, that the other day, but it's a really good post and it actually got picked up by business insider because they saw it and they're like, wow, that's an incredible story. So he got featured on business insider. They linked back to my post. So I got a ton of traffic for it in a backlink sharing other people's stories can be really, really valuable too. So not only should you weave in your own story, and actually, if you do it, if you have a guest post on, this is kind of something that I do sometimes. If you have a really good guest post, if you do an intro like I do on mine, you can be like, this reminds me a lot of my story. <laughs> like you can kind of like weave in a part of your story and then let them tell, right. you, tell their story. It's kind of multi-purpose, but that's, I think that's another way to do it. You know, and then one I, more, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, mentioned Oprah. That's why yeah. interview podcasts are so popular. Is yeah. Because they're just sharing other people's stories and, and people like stories. I think though, a lot of people are hesitant to promote other people's content. What, one of the things that I see all the time is people, if they're taking on guest content, it's because they want that person's traffic. And so that's why they're doing the guest posts and they're coming from that place. And you'll see people, they're only ever sharing their content. They're never sharing anyone else's content. And you and I are both big believers in like, if we listen to a good podcast or see a good video or read a good post, we're going to share it. Because it's not always about, you don't need to just keep everybody self-contained on your site. And another yeah. example of this is aggregators. Some of the biggest websites in the world are aggregators where they're just sharing other people's content, but people, they have a very loyal following. So if you're just getting started out and you don't have a ton of content for your social media distribution, all that kind of stuff share your favorite content with your audience, become yeah. a little bit of an aggregator because then people are going to appreciate you because you took the time to cut through the bullshit and find the good stuff and you're yeah. delivering it to them. You know, people appreciate that and that can be very beneficial to you. So don't, don't ever be afraid to share other people's content, especially when there's cool tools out there like Snipply where yeah. you can actually share somebody's comment, but have your own opt-in at the bottom, <laughs> you know, and build email subscribers that way. Start using that. Yeah. And I just, I had a thought because I, this is something that i actually just happened at FinCon, but you know, when you're, when you're trying to come up with your story and you're trying to figure out if it has impact and all those kinds of things, I think one useful exercise, I actually haven't done this, but I was like, this will probably work really well. If you have gone to, if you've seen anybody speak publicly and you think about them telling a story and did it affect you? Like when you're coming up with your blog story, you're coming up with your origin story or whatever, try to imagine like, would it have an impact on an audience? If you were telling the story, like what kind of impact would it have? And the reason I'm bringing this up is because Ty and Talit McNeely from his and her money at FinCon, they did a speech the opening day. It was a, the opening keynote speech. And Talit started with his story about how he was, he's a veteran and he was talking about how he was overseas and in war and everything. And he saw these horrible things and he was like, you know, upset about it. And then they transitioned into another story where they were talking about personal finance and one of the, you know, they saved somebody's life. There was somebody that was going to commit suicide because their yeah. finances were so poor 
and they reached out to tie and talent and they basically helped Actually, this person through that. We talked Talk. about it. We talked um, about it when yeah. we were doing the podcast and you know, he said they were actually doing a YouTube video. Yeah. If you remember, they were doing like a, a YouTube video or a live stream or something like that. And somebody in the comments mentioned that they were, this is one of the things I love about them. Somebody yeah. in the comments mentioned like that they were having suicidal thoughts and they both were like, whoa, stop. Yeah. We're yeah. not talking about this topic anymore. We're going to have a conversation. And they talked, they spent the rest of the time on that episode just talking to this person and talking through what they were dealing with and helping them, giving them love and giving them support. Yeah. And you know, like the person's still a fan. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but that's, and that's the thing. It's like those stories are important, you know? And, and yeah. I think those are, cause I remember being in the room at FinCon and when they were telling those stories, like the room was silent and people were just like, I have chills wow. right now, just retelling it. Like, yeah. I mean, it was like, that's incredible. And so, and that's why everybody goes, we love Ty and Talit. <laughs> like everybody loves them because they're so good at storytelling. They're not just like using a story to get people like they're using those stories to help share the impact of, of what personal finance bloggers and influencers and all that, like they're, they're using the story in a really positive way and using a lot of different stories. So that's just one thing I was thinking about, like, you know, when you're trying to figure out your story, when you're trying to share it in these blog posts, like how, what's, try to imagine the impact that you're going to have on somebody. You're going to make them stop in their tracks and go, wow, that's incredible. Or is it going to be something where they just kind of read it and go, meh, you know? And I think if you, if you approach all of your email marketing, sales page, blog posts, everything, if you approach it that way, like what kind of impact can I have? You're going to, you're going to do really well. I think the other thing, whether it's you crafting your story or talking about your mission, you need to believe it and you need to feel it deep down. Oh yeah. Because there's so many people and they're like, I'm so-and-so and I do this to help people do this. And it's like, cool elevator pitch, bro. You know, right. I didn't feel yeah. it, you know, Popular. and, and you, you need to, you need to feel it and you need to be passionate about it. If you haven't noticed listening to this podcast, Bobby and I, I'd actually do this more because I'm a ranty kind of person, but like we both <laughs> get these like fevered moments where we're just very passionate and like just go off on something Right, because what we're doing, what we're talking about here, it means something to us. When we talk about, we did this. We started off doing this. We wanted to build a life for our family, and now it's like we want to help as many people as possible make money and build an incredible life for their family. That is a real mission. It's not just words. It's something that like we're so, and, and honestly, the more we've done our courses, the more I've felt connected to that because now we're seeing the impact. Yeah. And when you start to see the impact you're having, whatever your mission is, you become more passionate about it, but it's gotta be real. So when you're talking about your story, it's important, but it needs to be something that like is, is legit. Right. Like I'm one of the things I think too, like you to look at my story I was on the radio the other day and they were asking me about the conversation that I had with my wife where I decided to stop being a lawyer and to be an entrepreneur. I didn't make that decision. Somebody else made that decision for me when my son got sick and ended up in the hospital. Right. Right. And that's, that's different. I was almost like my hand was forced a little bit and I'm grateful because this has been the best thing that ever happened to me in my life, like this horrible thing, the thing that was the worst thing that ever happened to us in our life. 
has had the most positive impact on our life. And, but you've got to, when you're thinking about that story, you don't even like look at your story and go, okay, this would make good material. What drove you? What caused you to do something? Like the thing that inspired you and drove you and compelled you to do a certain thing, that's your story. That's the thing you need to talk about. The thing that drives you to do the things you do, that's your mission. That's the thing you talk about. And it needs to be real. Like it needs to be real. Don't say like, I want to help 10,000 people start businesses. (laughs) If that's not really the thing that you want to do. Like if deep down, it's just like, I want 10,000 buyers, then you need to figure out a different mission. Don't talk about the bullshit. People can see through it, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't feel like I'm not bringing this up because I feel like most people's stories are bullshit. I just feel like when you talk to different people, you can talk to somebody and go, they've got the passion. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. yeah. And know? I think, I think a lot of that is just, <laughs> I see, I see that a lot from younger bloggers and people that just haven't really put a whole lot of thought into it because I think, you know, you go, Cause that's what it is. It's yeah. You start your blog and you look into it. Yeah. You start an about page and you're like, you check stuff off the list. Like I get it. I've been there, mm-hmm. but the storytelling part is very important. One thing I will say, cause I saw, I actually saw this yesterday and it's kind of a, what I consider to be a no, no. I see younger bloggers and influencers all the time, write their story in third person when it's very obvious that they are the only person running their blog. So like I saw this blog yesterday and it was a food blog and the content seemed to be really good, but I went to the about page and it was like this person just, uh, it was like one paragraph and this person just talking about themselves in in third person, but it's like, they obviously wrote it, you know, like anybody that comes to the site, they're going to be like, okay, like you just wrote this about yourself in third person. Like that, that's a weird, you're not making a connection with anybody. You're not really telling your story. So just don't do that. <laughs> just actually write your story. Don't try to make yourself seem bigger than you are or anything like that by making it seem like somebody else wrote something about you. Just be real, be you, and you're going to connect with more people. Yeah. Talk first person, have grammar mistakes, talk using slang, talk about being the little guy. Like people can relate to that stuff. Oh yeah. I, I totally agree. You know, I have grammar mistakes all the time. <laughs> I'm, I don't even know how. <laughs> I'm a professional blogger because my grammar stuff sucks so much. Your Twitter, your little, your tweeter yesterday where you're like, I just wrote an email and I hit send without checking it for grammar or rereading it. And I was like, I actually, I read it and I was like, I'm having an influence, like a bad influence on you. <laughs> <laughs> I would know. Me up. People, people got a kick out of that. Yeah, I know. I, well, the funny part was like that email actually took me forever. I re I rewrote it like, multiple times because I was like going through the story. I was like, no, that's not right. No, that's not right. That doesn't feel right. Uh, that's too long. Okay. And like did all these changes and I got tired of it and I was like, screw it. I just hit the send button. I went back and read it. There weren't any typos that I could tell. So that was good. Well, but and it's funny behind the scenes a little bit. I'm just like, bang it out, send it. Which yeah. led to the, the, the situation during the launch where Bobby oh. asked me to send an email to the list because he couldn't do it. And I sent it and it said, Saturday morning email is the subject line because I forgot to put the subject it's, line. It's, I think it's a day yeah. six. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody loved that though. But normally Bobby is, he's like, I got to check it like 50 times. Like he's, you know, very careful with that. So like when I saw that tweet, I was like that it made me laugh because I know how you normally are. So, um, uh, yeah, cool. I know. Well, so do tell you me- have any, anything else here? <laughs> You got any, no. any other 
last minute. Not tip. really. I, I think the last minute, I mean, if there is a last minute tip, it's just really sit down and craft your story. I mean, like, it tell it as often as you can. Well, you know what? I have one I had forgotten about from earlier, and this is this is in writing. It's a lot more in podcasts and YouTube because it's it's audio, but you can do this in writing too. Telling stories to illustrate your point, right? Using anecdotes, using examples. We talk a lot where we will use stories of our friends, of our clients, of people mm. in our audience. Like we've done it a ton during this episode. Like if you go and you listen to every single Laptop Empires podcast episode, you're going to see this so much because we, we do it constantly. And when you have conversations with people, you do it as a listener. You tell people stories. Like that's what conversations are. Like when we were at FinCon, we're hanging out with people at the bar. It was just us drinking and swapping stories. And somebody tells a story that reminds you of something and you tell it. Like that's how we communicate as people. We don't talk about information. We talk about stories. And so I would just, if you're trying to make a point and you have something that happened in your life or something that happened to a friend or a client or an audience member, and that you can use that story to illustrate your point, it's going to hit home way harder. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you don't, not everything needs to be a story, but if you're doing your top seven ways to do whatever, and two of the points can have a story to illustrate it, it's going to be a much more impactful article that people are going to remember and they're going to enjoy more. Yeah. Well, and you can do, you can do both too. Like you can, you can have things rank for Google, you know, yeah, that college one that I was talking about, like it's yeah. on page one right now. For is a college degree worth it? You can do, can have something go viral on Pinterest and it's story based, but also as a listicle. You can have something that's you know very informative on Google that also tells your story. Like it's possible to do all of it. So don't you know, right. just don't get trapped in the in in just creating content to rank for something, or don't create content for the platform. Create content for the yeah. people. And just kind of form it to be whatever the platform dictates. You can stuff that turkey with your keywords and still put a little bit of dressing on it oh <laughs> uh, wow thanksgiving bobby's like i'm embarrassed right now <laughs> a little bit, it was an, a seasonally appropriate comment for when this podcast will be published skipped over halloween huh wow yeah true oh well <laughs> I, don't, I don't like candy corn so no oh, oh all right anyway that's Tell it story. yeah two-part thing Two-part thing, go back to episode 37 for tips on finding and crafting your authentic story. And then, you know, if you haven't listened to that yet, because that's part one. And subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, any of the other ones, I feel bad. I don't remember them. <laughs> There's um, so many. Wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, you should subscribe. That way you don't miss any of this juicy, amazing content. And once again, thank you for being a listener. We really appreciate it. And talk to us. Like, that's what the comments are for. Bobby loves you. I love you too. Yeah. All right. It got awkward. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. We out.